Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sins are reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to of God and man, the show that listening to is like walking with a foot out of joint. <laughs> this is your host, Brom French. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029. If you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at bromfrench at mail.com. That is B-R-A-H-M-F-R-E-N-C-H at mail. Dot com. I've got some amazing, crazy stuff to share with you. First of all, uh, this is just absurd. I don't know how in the world only my three listeners, maybe four of you, have been able to do it. But the podcast as of Friday was number seven in our category. Number seven, folks. We were in the top overall thousand, well within the top overall thousand as of Friday. Absolutely amazing. Weekends come, we don't do the show, and so we tank, and that's just not a big deal at all. But uh, I do want to thank you, those of you that have been very faithful and loyal listeners. And when I say those of you, uh, you know who you are. That would be uh, my non-transvestite NSA operative. And... Uh, Brother Loman, and uh, well, there are a few others of you, but uh, well, there's not very many of us, others of you. <laughs> so let's get on to some of This is something we have not done in quite a while. We're going to spend a little time going through odd news. Now, here's a story. Well, I tell you what, before I get to those stories, I do want to bring out something that's kind of serious. I found a website, and I believe I might be mistaken, but I believe. Uh, it was sponsored and helped by Glenn Beck. And I, like I said, I could be mistaken. But the website is called abort73.com. It is an amazing website. It is crazy cool. What, what are you talking about, abort73? We're not for abortion. You're right. But we want to abort the ruling that the Supreme Court made in 1973 that legalized abortion. And uh, they've got all kinds of shirts that they sell, and it's just really cool. I would love for you to check it out. If you, uh, if you need help finding it, like I said, it's abort73.com. It's the number 73, 73.com. Now let's get on to some odd news. Now, <laughs> people, are, well, people are just very interesting. This man applies. He fills out. This is from NBC News. A man applies for a job. He gets the job. He is hired. He has not started yet, but he has now technically been hired. So what does the applicant do? He texts a nude selfie, two nude selfies of himself to the HR manager. <laughs> Ironically, and this is crazy, but the HR manager decides not to hire him after all. <laughs> people just completely blow me away and we wonder why is the hr person just not happy why oh goodness uh we 
We are living in a very strange, unique world, to say the least. It is uh, <laughs> just full of odd people that do odd things, and it's like their brains are never engaged, never fully engaged. Here's another one from Yahoo News. <laughs> Yahoo says that teen left court documents about auto theft in stolen car. Now, let me see if I can break this down and make it a little clearer for you. The man <laughs> takes a trip. He's got a court date. He's got to show up to court because he stole a car. All right, so he's on. He, he's he's got to make an appearance because he's stolen a car. So he shows up to court. If I get the story right, he shows up to court in a stolen vehicle. <laughs> now, you would think that something clicks, something would register and say that this just isn't right. Something's not right here. So he shows up in a stolen car. He had forgotten the documents that he needed that were in the car, or actually they were in another stolen car. So if I've got the story right, that means three stolen vehicles. <laughs> um, it would be good if you would engage your brain. It might be better if you weren't a criminal at all. If you were, well, um, doing to others as you would have them doing to you kind of comes to mind. <laughs> and if you are going to uh, do dastardly deeds, common sense is a, a a great advocate. Well, first of all, common sense will tell you not to do the dastardly deed. But uh, nonetheless, uh, what a crazy world we live in. And no doubt, those people are blaming the man. You know, it's all the man. It's all, it's, it's everybody else's fault one of the things that drives me crazy about society we live in. Because I'll do drugs and I'll blame you for me doing drugs. And I, <laughs> Just absolutely insane. Alright, let me take a break and when, I'm going to when I come back we're going to look at, uh, we're going to go through the Quran and then later on we'll go through the Bible in a trillion years. Hold on just a second. You've heard of the KJV, the NKV, the NIV, and even the Book of Mormon. But you've never heard of the Yolt Bible. You know, you only live twice. Now children of all ages and even 40-year-old men living in their parents' basements have a Bible that they can truly understand. Here are a few excerpts. Matthew 26:39 says, OMG, if you down, let the shot pass from me. Acts 1:11, Jesus be like, TTYL, BRB. Acts 2:15, they ain't plastered like you think. It's literally like 9 o'clock. Here are some reviews from the book's pre-sales online. YOLO Swag says, OMG, am I really relating to a Bible right now? Like, I can't even. Justin Bieber forever says, OMG Justin, if you see this, I love you so much. Heart, winky face. Bootywork365 says, totes inspired by this. Look me up on YouTube at bootywork24-7365 to watch the video of me twerking to the audio version. So... There you have it. Buy the Yolt Bible online today. And we are back. And we're about to go through the Quran. Going through the Quran, you know what? Let me uh, back up a little bit. Our last podcast 
that we went through the Quran, I, we used the word recompense. And uh, the recompense, the Quran, uh, the opening, uh, the first chapter of the Quran, it says, verse number four, the only owner and the only ruling judge of the day of recompense, i.e. the day of resurrection. And I talked about recompense and resurrection not being the same. But I didn't give a very good definition of recompense. Recompense means to repay. Now, this is why this does not jive with Christianity. Because Christianity says and believes, recompense, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Recompense says that our righteousness, or scripture says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so if we're going to get recompense, we're going to get repaid for what we have done. We're in serious trouble, folks. That's what Jesus did on Calvary. He took the recompense that we deserved. Again, another reason why it doesn't line up. Recompense and resurrection, totally different things. But recompense in Christianity, we don't believe in that. We don't believe that God is going to repay us for our evil deeds. Now, I do believe what you sow, you reap. But, huh. The blood covers our sin. So now let's go. We're going to go to chapter 2, if you will, or what they call, and I, I can't make this up. They call it the cow uh, in English, I, I guess. Anyway, so we're going to go to 2 1. We're going to go try to go down to verse number 7. And you're going to have to forgive me. My reading of this is going to be horrific. But here goes. These letters are one of the miracles of the Quran, and none but Allah alone knows their meanings. This is the book, the Quran, whereof there is no doubt a guidance to those who are uh, the pious and righteous persons who fear Allah much, as abstain from all kinds of sins and evil deeds which he has forbidden, and love Allah much, perform all kinds of good deeds which he has ordained, who believe in the gaib or whatever, and perform as salat, and spend out of what we have provided for them, i.e. give zakat, spend on themselves, their parents, their children, their wives, etc., and also give charity to the poor, and also in Allah's cause, jihad, etc., and who believe in the Quran and the Sunnah, which has been sent down, revealed to you from Muhammad, and in the Torah, and in the Gospel, etc., which were sent down before you, and they believe with certainty in the hereafter, resurrection, recompense of their good and bad deeds, paradise and hell, etc. They are on true guidance from their Lord, and they are the successful. Verily, those who disbelieve, it is the same to them whether you, uh, Muhammad, warned them or not warned them, they will not believe. Allah has set a seal on their hearts and on their hearings. They are closed from accepting Allah's guidance, and on their eyes there is a covering. There will be a great torment. Tell you what, let's go just a little bit further. Number eight, and of mankind, there are some hypocrites who say we believe in Allah and the last days, while in fact they believe not. They think to deceive Allah and those who believe, while they only deceive themselves and perceive it not. On their hearts is a disease of doubt and hypocrisy, and Allah has increased their disease. A painful torment is theirs because they used to tell lies. So we're going to back up and again remember what we are doing. We are comparing because some are saying that Allah is the same as the Old Testament Jehovah or the New Testament Jesus. Some are saying they are embracing Chrislam, 
and saying you can be Christian and Islamic. And they're trying to mesh these two. There are some that are saying that Islam is a religion of peace. Again, I believe in the first, in the opening, we saw that's not the case. But we're going to break this down and go bit by bit, and we're going to see if this is true. So let's go back to verse number one. These letters are one of the miracles of the Quran. None but Allah alone knows their meanings. In other words, that God, or Allah, excuse me, Allah, their God, the Islamic God, he alone knows what the Quran says or what it means by what it says, and nobody else knows. Well, then why even read it? <laughs> why would you put any faith in anything that it says if only Allah knows their meanings? So then when you read it, you don't even know what it says. Now, this is used to give an escape, to give an out, whether you be extreme one way, an extremist or a moderate, well, really, Allah alone knows. Let's go to verse 2. This is the book, the Quran, whereof there is no doubt a guidance to those who are pious and righteous persons who fear Allah much, abstain from all kinds of sins and evil deeds, which is forbidden, and love Allah much, perform all kinds of good deeds, which he has ordained. So this book is for pious, righteous persons who fear Allah much or who they believe is God and that you're going to abstain from sense. Now, I don't understand why the book is for them if only Allah knows their meaning. But again, that's a whole nother text Let's, or a whole nother subject. Let's go down to verse number three. Who believe in the gab and perform and spend out of what we have provided for them. Now, get this. Give Zadok. I'm not sure what that is. I don't care to really look it up. And the next part is spend on themselves their parents, their children, their wives, etc. Now, why does this not mesh with Christianity, you may ask? And that's a great question. This is why it doesn't mesh with Christianity. Does anybody remember what Jesus told the rich man? He said, sell what you have and give to the poor. Never in Scripture, now, I understand that, you know, if you work, that there are things that you will benefit. But you don't see God saying, hey, uh, do this, spend on yourself. You know, live however you want to live. Their parents, their children, their wives, etc. And give charity to the poor and also in Allah's cause. Now this is the catcher. This is the part I had a hard time not bringing it out before. And also give charity to the poor and also in Allah's cause, jihad. That's right. Right there. Chapter 2, the cow. <laughs> Holy cow. Jihad is a part of... It's not just uh, some outlandish belief or view. It's a holy war to these people. And they will cause... Now get this. Now if we're going to go back up, we've got to tie it all together. Because verse 2 says, there, There's no doubt, God to those uh, righteous people that you do good deeds. And in your good deeds, these are things that are considered good deeds. Spend money on yourself. Spend money on your parents, on your children, on your wives. Give to the poor and give to jihad. This is what they consider a good deed, folks. It's important we know this and we understand. Jihad means, uh, that, that's what flew planes into our towers, was jihad. These people are out of their ever-loving minds. Let's go on. Verse 4, And who believe in the Quran, the son of which have been sent down, revealed to you, 
by Muhammad and in the Torah, the gospel, which was uh, sent down to you. And they believe with certainty in the hereafter, resurrection, recompense of their good and bad deeds, paradise and hell. Again, they have missed it. They have missed uh, the Old Testament with the Torah because here they're, t they're tying in the recompense again. The recompense, even in the Old Testament, you're finding the recompense. God's going to repay you for your bad deeds. He's telling them all throughout. That's why you offer the lamb that's without spot and blemish. So that your sins would be forgiven. So that you wouldn't get the recompense. Oh, goodness. So let's continue. So they are not anywhere near Jewish or Christian. It's verse number five. They are on true guidance from their Lord, and they are the successful. So now they're saying, okay, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, you're on true guidance from God. Or if you happen to be Islamic, you're on true guidance from God, and you're successful. Why then would they want to kill somebody? We're going to get to that later on, not today. Verily, those who disbelieve, it is the same to them whether you, Mohammed, warn them or not warn them, they will not believe. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. So, Muhammad, whether you tell him or you don't tell him, whether you write the Quran or you don't write the Quran, whether you warn him or don't warn him, they're not going to believe. I thought it was okay. I thought I'd be successful if I was Jewish. I thought I'd be successful if I was Christian. But this says that I'm not going to believe. Now, if that was all that it took, then okay. You know, I'm not going to believe no matter what. And true that. Uh, let's go on to verse 7. Allah has set a seal on their hearts and on their hearings. They are closed from accepting Allah's guidance. And on their eyes there is a covering. Theirs will be great torment. Ah, who's going to bring the torment? Is it going to be Allah that brings the torment? Or is it going to be the Muslim? Let's make sure we understand this clearly. There is no Allah. The one that's going to bring the torment is the Muslim. So let's continue. And of mankind, there are some hypocrites who say, we believe in Allah and the last day, while in fact, they believe not. You know what this means? This means moderate Muslims actually are not welcome in Islam. Moderate Muslims, any no good Muslim is moderate. I'm going to say that again. No good Muslim is moderate. Every good Muslim is an extremist. You need to remember that. They think to deceive Allah and those who believe while they deceive themselves and perceive it not. So they, they, they think they're going to deceive Allah and those of us that believe, but uh, they themselves, they're deceived and they don't know it. Again, this is not any resemblance of Christianity, folks nothing. On their heart is a disease of doubt and hypocrisy, and Allah has increased their disease. A painful torment is theirs because they used to tell lies. And so now this gives them the leeway, if you will. You, even in the opening, now we're at the cow, and we're going to have to stop there. We'll go back, pick up later. But even at the opening, you saw where it was the thread was already started saying, this is what we believe. This is who we are. It's okay to give recompense. It's okay to judge. It's okay to uh, 
calls jihad. Tell you what, let me take a break. When I come back, we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalts as a nation, but sins are reproached to any people. And we are back, and we're about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. And that's it. We actually get to go through the real deal. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's do it. We're in Genesis chapter 35. We're going to pick up at verse number 22. Genesis 35, we're going to pick up again verse number 22 just for that last portion of it. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Beliah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. The sons of Belah, Rachel's handmaid, Dan, and Nephtali. The sons of Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Paddan Aram. And Jacob came unto Isaac his father, unto Mamre, or something like that, unto the city of Abraham. Uh, Arba, uh, whatever, <laughs> which is Hebron, that's more pronounceable, where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. And the days of Isaac were an hundred and fourscore years. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. So we're going to back up again. You remember we spoke, we spent a little time talking about Reuben's... Um, indiscretion and Reuben and that's a very nice way of putting what Reuben did perverted sick twisted slept with his father's concubine and uh, Israel heard of it this is going to come back later when Reuben receives the quote-unquote blessing which is going to sound more like a curse but then it says that Jacob has 12 sons and it goes and gives the lineage or the list of these 12 sons. And it's important that we understand who these 12 sons are. And uh, later on, when we get to where uh, the blessings come, it becomes very evident based on their lives, the blessings that they get. And you can't help but see how it plays out as they, uh, as their children and their children's children begin to grow up. And the blessing ends up coming out pretty accurate, as a matter of fact, to what Israel gives them. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, and Levi. Now, Simeon and Levi are very interesting because uh, Simeon and Levi are the two that went in. Now, Reuben slept with, his, with Jacob's concubine. But Simeon and Levi, if you remember, were the same two that went in and killed uh, the, whole, all, the whole male population. In Shechem, because of what they had done to their sister Dinah, and also had Judah and Issachar and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. Now this is amazing, because Rachel has spent uh, the. Let me back up. Jacob has spent his whole time that those fourteen years was to get Rachel, and Rachel only gave him two kids, 
and the second kid she died in giving him. The sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. And these, oh, check that out, by the way. And it says, Benjamin, not Benoni. Because he's not son of my sorrow. He's son of my right hand, son of power. Verse number 25. And the sons of Belial, or however you pronounce it, Rachel's handmaiden, Dan and Nephtali. And Dan, we're going to find later on, his blessing is to be a judge, but he ends up perverting judgment. And Nephtali and the sons of uh, Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, Gad and Asher. These two, the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Paddan Aram. And Jacob came unto Isaac, his father, unto Mamre. So now Jacob has, you got to remember, he was, he's been traveling all this time. It's been quite a travel. Remember, Jacob went to catch up with Esau, make everything right with him. And if we were to go way back, you'd remember that it was Jacob's mom that said, Hey, boy, you need to get out of town. You got the blessing. You got the birthright. Now run. So he's now finally coming back. He's got all these kids. Esau doesn't want to kill him anymore. He's merciful to him. And now he's able to see his father one last time. Unto Isaac his father, unto Mamre, or however you pronounce it, unto the city of some unpronounceable name, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac sojourn. So he has gone back, again, this is just amazing, cool stuff. He has gone back to where his forefathers sojourned. Every now and then, it's good to go back to where your forefathers led the way. Don't ever get too far from it. Remember, it's important we learn from history. And this is exactly what Jacob is doing. He's gone back to Hebron. He's gone back to where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. And the days of Isaac were in hundred and four score years. Well, how old is that, Brom? That's old. (laughs) A hundred and four score years. He was pretty old. And Isaac gave up the ghost. So now Isaac has died. He has died. He has departed and was gathered unto his people. So basically what that means is he's, he's going to be buried where his family was. They're going to go back to that burial spot. Gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. Like I said, he was old and full of days. And his son Esau and Jacob buried him. Hmm. Again, finally, there came unity. There came unity with Esau and Jacob. And Jacob was able to see his dad again. But recognize, I won't spend a little time on the, on the interesting fact or idea, if you want, that by the time Jacob makes his way back, his name has been changed to Israel. By the time he begins to go back, he has had a change. He had to run. He had to flee. The reason he had to flee was he was a deceiver. He was a liar. He was uh, he was scum. I wouldn't trust him. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't trust him beyond how far I could throw a rock. However, this same Jacob had an encounter with God. And after his encounter with God... He is now a changed man. As a matter of fact, not only did he have one encounter with God, but remember the Lord came back and spoke to him and said, Go back to Bethel, where I first appeared to you. 
Go back, come back to where that connection is. Come back to where I am. And in the process of time, as God worked on him, the Lord would make him, take him from being a deceiver and a supplanter to being the prince that has favor with God and man. It didn't happen overnight. And that's one of the things that really, for me, drives me crazy. We, Being uh, apostolic, we firmly believe baptism in Jesus' name, firmly believe that you ought to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. You need to. We firmly believe these things. Unfortunately, we put so much, uh, so much focus on repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and receiving the Holy Ghost that we forget the process. And in forgetting the process, we have a bunch of spiritual infants or spiritual dwarfs, if you will, that have been living for God for 30 years but aren't past pre-K spiritually. We've made spiritual midgets because we focus so much on that and we've neglected the process. There is a process and you will, if you walk with Jesus, he'll take you down that process and it can't stop at getting the Holy Ghost. It can't stop at getting baptized in his name. As a matter of fact, it didn't start there and it shouldn't stop there. First of all, where did it start? Did it start at repentance? No, it even started before then because at some point you had to believe. That's where it started, but it didn't stop there, hopefully. And if it, wherever you've stopped, then you have dwarfed yourself. And oh, there's so much more I could say about this. You know what? Let me take just a second. I want to go into it for just a moment. Never mind. Just saw I don't have time. Tell you what, let me uh, stop right there and we'll come back to it. I'll try to remember to talk to you guys about it later. Thank you so much. You have a great day. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>